Hello and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. My name is Jordan, with me is Luke. How are you doing, Luke? We sure do try. We do. To we do give those it our, things. Give it our best. <laughs> I mean... We unbox them in an improperly way. It's sad that we have to say try. I mean, how can you miss? How can you miss? <laughs> really? It's like when you set the bar... They're, they're left half unpackaged sometimes. Yeah. The bar is in hell at this point, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Except else. We're having fun. We're having a good time. We're That's fun what matters. folks having fun. <laughs> I don't know, so man. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know if you know what I'm talking... You obviously know what I'm talking about, but if you share the same feeling, but as like a new father... <laughs> I feel less and less fun as the days <laughs> go on. Yeah. I gotta be honest, man. Slips in priority. Right. It's like, it was one of those things where it's like Instagram. It's like, you know, you see all those people like, we were having fun. And like, normally my response would be like, <laughs> well, I can do those things. I just don't want to. Uh, but now. I just don't want to. I just don't want to, and I can't. It's that extra I can't that really, uh, yeah. Mm. But anywho, gulp. one day, one day, one day. Um, Life comes in seasons, Jordan. It does. Now I'm sitting here contemplating why, in every sort of mix, whether it be checks mix or trail mix <laughs> or whatever mix it is, why are there so many peanuts? <laughs> Now we're having fun. Woo! This is what we're talking about, baby! <laughs> but for real. <laughs> yeah, it's cheap. That's the I main guess. answer, I think. thing is, is I've never known Friggin anyone. Cheap. It's the cheapest thing, and you just throw them in there. It's like everything that makes it special, and then there's peanuts. It's like never in my life did I meet someone who liked peanuts as much as these like companies assume <laughs> people like peanuts. Planters. They're probably all just divisions of planters. Freaking planters. Enough already. Mr. Peanuts got his hand in all the different snack <laughs> companies. I mean, I literally just threw this plate away in the in the office which I'm recording. I, I like poured a bunch of it was like some Tex Mex mix. I don't know, something I got from the store, whatever. And uh the plate was just filled with peanuts because, like, I was eating everything else, and you know, I'd throw a peanut in every now and then. But good lord, <laughs> man! Oh man, <laughs> Luke. Before we, before we get started, I do want to mention this. I feel like I feel bombarded. I feel bombarded. There's too many games coming out right now. I feel yeah. like game time. I feel rushed. I feel like what in the world, guys? Enough already. I know it's like November's like the time generally, right? Isn't it? It is. Holiday We've been waiting season. all year. Right. I mean, if there's either like games that just came out or they're just about to come out. Right. I've been really blessed to be able to play as many games and buy as many games as I have and have a wife that supports that. But this is really stretching it, man. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to let some of these <laughs> go <laughs> at least for a while because yeah. I have to prioritize here. Like ones that are like... These are ones like for every system. For every system, there's one mm -hmm. like 
for whatever reason, the X the Xbox is like my Sonic console. I have like all my Sonic games on the Xbox because they have the backwards compatibility ones. They run great. And I'm like, okay, this is my Xbox, my Sonic console. I mean, not just Sonic console, but Sonic Frontiers coming out and Bayonetta and Pokemon's coming out. God of War is coming out all in the span of like a month. So (laughs) yeah, I'm going to have to let some of them go. I was just looking at the uh, release schedule. Yeah, it's quite a few. Yeah, enough already. Um, (laughs) That's really ungrateful. I'm really happy that there's a lot of games coming out, and I'm just in the position where I happen to like the games that are coming out within the span of a month. It's a rare scenario where I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I want to play all of those. (laughs) It really feels like we wait all year for this, and it just happens so fast, and then it's gone, and then... Feels like we're bad back in the waiting time again, and right. the rumor mill starts churning up again. Oh, is this coming out this year? Is it going to be delayed? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's summer, which is funny because that's like for movie season. That's like when it's when it's on. But games, it's yeah. kind of just waiting in the summer. It's like all right, it's going to be the first quarter, or the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean we begins. we got some big movies coming. I mean, yeah, Marvel movies coming out. Definitely, man. There's Soon. been a lot of trailers dropping. It's it's been crazy. Yeah, like we weren't. We got a lot of little things. I feel like to talk about this week. Definitely, uh, I would say. Like certainly. you were saying, trailers and games, game releases, Jeez. and games about to release. Yeah, right. Random, random crap. Like this is nothing. But for instance, did you hear about that stuff with the Bayonetta, the old Bayonetta voice actor? No, I saw there was some story. I didn't read it, though. That was some nuts. Hit me with it. Really nuts drama here going on. Get your tea. You got your tea ready? All right, here's oh, some yeah. tea. Um, <laughs> um, so that's the original... That's yeah, That's good. ASMR right there. Um, <laughs> but make sure you're wearing your headphones. Uh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, so uh, I forget her name. Helen Taylor, something like that. All right, so that's the original voice of Bayonetta. She voiced Bayonetta for Bayonetta 1, Bayonetta 2. And so she posted this video on Twitter, and she was, like, basically really upset. She was, like, because it was, like, she's not playing Bayonetta for Bayonetta 3. It's, like, uh, mm-hmm. another seasoned voice actress. And she was, like, I want to bring this out to the light that the reason why I was I denied the band at a role and stepped away is because I was offered $4,000 for the entire game. I remember now. I did see that, yeah. Right. And everyone, you know, was like, oh, my God, that's that's horrible. You know, even I, I no, obviously don't post things after right after I hear them. I, I am like, that sounds awful. Jeez Louise. If that's, that's a very low amount of money. And then it comes out, it's not true. <laughs> wow. It's not true. All these people were boycotting the game. People upset, pissed. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Uh, Platinum Games, they're the the devil. Nintendo is Satan. Um, but like, uh, yeah, came out. Not true. Totally not true. Uh, Jason Schreier reported with Bloomberg or whatever that like and had a lot of corroborating uh people to testify about this that basically you know oh. she was offered like uh, three to four thousand dollars per session out of like to be like five sessions and so wow. was and that's uh, from what uh, i hear is pretty exaggerating a lot a lot yeah it's like it's like a lying by omission basically 
in like, because you know, like that's a pretty high rate for a voice actor. You know, come in for f- like five four-hour sessions. Yeah. Um, Not bad money if you can get it. <laughs> right, and most voice voice actors just work and work and work and work. You'll just hear them in several different things, like throughout the year, just constantly hearing them. Like, oh my god, I know that voice. I know that voice. Someone who plays a lot that's of games, mentioned. watches a lot of anime. Let's be honest. In the world of work, voice acting's not the hardest job. I hate to say it, man, but I agree. Um, not like, easy, but right. I mean, and, compared to working at the Amazon warehouse, like a lot of people do, that's right. some hard work. And I will also <laughs> say, it takes skill. It takes certain skill yeah. that you do have to yeah. hone. But the work itself, for sure, cush. Yeah. Cush yeah. as hell. Um, like I said, if you can get it. <laughs> if you can freaking get it. That's why if you, you can see get it, good for you. Most voice actors were like seasoned, like the people who, the person who's playing Ben at Bayonetta now. Like you look at her IMDb and it's like a million, zillion, billion, skillion things. You're like, holy freaking crap. And that's most seasoned voice actors. They just work yeah. and work and work and work and work. And like $4,000 a session, holy freaking crap. That's a lot of money if you're just working and working and working like, you know, like a normal person. Um, but she, this original voice actor, this bayonetta was pretty much all she did it wasn't like something where she was like a working voice actor like a lot of these other people and so like for she was thinking like hollywood money she's like i want you know like freaking six figures and they were like yeah no yeah i mean it is bayonetta it's bayonetta yeah yeah but anyways and and very interesting and then like that the whole story changed and yeah it's and people are like, yeah, you're weird. a liar. <laughs> you know? <whatever>. Yeah. <laughs> Drama, baby. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed yeah. the tea. She's not winning herself any more jobs with those kind of antics. Oh, no. she's. I can't imagine her working in a voice acting career ever again at this point. Good Lord. There's nothing big. Nothing big. No. Yeah. Maybe I'll. It said one hour ago, IGN reported Bayonetta actress releases new statement to defend myself and my reputation. Oh my God. This is gross. Can't blame her. Cannot blame her. Right. I mean, she's in a corner. She is in a corner, so she is swinging. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, unless someone else is lying, I don't know. It's it's wild. Yeah. Um, um, but that's the game I'm going to have to let go for a few months at least. I'm going to get it. I'm going to play Bayonetta 3, but there's just too many games, man. Too many games. Like, looking at the games that are coming out, I'm like, okay, for me, God of War is the big one. But Sonic sure. is the one I'm like, I'm looking at you, Sonic. If you're good, like, just good, not even amazing or great or whatever, if you're just good, Absolutely. I, I, I'm excited about that game. I, I want it to be good so badly. And I'm definitely, it's like coming out the same weekend as God of War, but whatever. I, 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 I'm excited about that one. Anyways. Are you going to jump into Mario Rabbids? Um, Is that your thing? It, mm, I, I like it, but it's a sale game for me. It's when it's on sale. Yeah. It's a good game. Um, but yeah. But it, the gameplay is not your thing normally. If Not it wasn't a normally, yeah. Like Fire Emblem is very similar to that, but Fire Emblem has a lot of other things going for it, like you know, like story and characters and and ways you can build your class out that kind of round it out to be a more fulfilling experience. Amber loved the first Mario Rabbits, but she isn't as like I gotta play it now as you know most people. That's like Zelda for her. If it's like Zelda, she's like, oh my god, but. <laughs> 
she can yeah. wait for most things. So we're, we were pretty much, yeah, we'll wait for a sale for Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Talk about a series that's like, how did that get good? What in the world? <laughs> how is that good? I'll it tell is. you, it's another testament to Game Pass, man. It's the way to game. It's nice. have all these games waiting for you. You play one, get to the next one. Sometimes just, I feel like it takes some of the pressure off. Yeah, it really, and it makes me kind of want to get into certain franchises that, like, I'm like, hmm, like uh, Plague's Tale, for instance. It's like, wow, that game looks yeah. amazing, and I haven't played the first. I started one, playing but... like the first like 30 minutes of that actually on uh, streaming. Oh yeah, how was it so far? It's interesting, you know. It's a kind of a linear. Um, it's like one of those semi-open world where it's like open world on rails kind of games. And uh, you know, I didn't get through a lot, so <laughs> I can't really say a lot. But right. it looked good. I mean, it looked good on streaming. You know, you lose, you definitely lose something with the streaming. But I love that I can just jump into a game, see what it's about, and see if it's something that's worth. You know, I hate saying worth my time because obviously. <laughs> These games are created by a team who works really hard, but worth right. my time because of my taste only, not because of whether or not the game's <laughs> good or not, just whether it's something I'm into. So. That, yeah, that, that's my thing, too, looking at Plague's Tale. I'm like, I'm not the biggest stealth person or puzzle person. That's more Amber's cup of tea, so she might actually love that crap. But uh, Yeah, I I'm might not. play a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it looks amazing, and I hear the story's really good, too, which... So we'll see. We'll see. I might. What might be one of those things I kind of, like, sick Amber on it. Like, Amber, you should play it, and then I'll, like, be able to kind of... Yeah. Kind of snoop and be like, just some... I think it's a story where the gameplay may not be your cup of tea, but the story is going to make it worth it, which right. is probably what you just said, but... <laughs> right, yeah. But, like, yeah, the just experience kind of, of it. That. It's like, it just looks... At least from the screenshots, it just looks like it takes you on quite a journey through a lot of really cool environments. And from what I've heard from the, at least somebody else who I, who downloaded it, they said it looked really good. So right, it might be one that you check out with streaming just to see if it's something you want to play, but then you download it just for the visual aesthetics. And apparently it, it really looks like a true next gen game, which is always a big plus for me. I feel like two years in, we're still at a point where <laughs> I want, there to be games that tell me this is why you have a series x and you're not still playing on a one yeah like yeah like you know rain effects and you know like like what was that that one like super fast paced uh shoot 'em up um that you know what it's coming out soon i think it got delayed in the next year it was like the small team worked on but it's like where the wind is coming. oh yeah like yeah yeah all right. these things moving at the same time it's stuff like that that like jumps out at me about. like in a snap and i'm like wow right <laughs> this is not last gen this is pushing the boundaries of the next gen this is why we have it this is why we, you know, have HDR for the color and and the movement. You know, we have the larger graphics card now for all this movement happening at once. And that stuff just, I it I love it when it's like you see something. It's like I've never seen something like that happen inside of a game before. Right. Something because you can tell, crap. like they're just yeah, they're just they're just trying to you know conserve resources for the CPU GPU, whatever combination right. there. This and is it's the first awesome one. When there's, capabilities like that not the first one this is this one one of the few is you know ne uh, next gen only this is the yeah it still feels here. like it's far and few between that we get these 
right. next gen only games, which is weird being this far into the into the generation. I remember there being a podcast episode where we discussed it, like how they were talking about like, oh my god, like they're gonna be supporting I think it was like Microsoft that said we're gonna they're gonna be supporting the uh last the- gen for a year. And yeah. and then it came out the PlayStation was doing the same thing, and now we're like over, what two years in at this point, yeah. <laughs> and we're it's still. Like, I'm I've always been someone who loves supporting the most players possible, but I also love being able to push the envelope. So I don't know, you know, if there's, I I can see where it would be unfortunate to exclude people, but I also can see that. The developers only have so much time, and if it does mean that in the development you have to develop two versions, which the more like these games are coming out and they're being talked about, it it seems like that's what these developers are having to do. And yeah. and I understand. I think their 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 time is worth more to finish up the one game and then be able to move on to the sequel or the next IP that they're going to work on. So right, I do think it's time. We've reached a point. It's time. Yeah. Just buy another Xbox. The S, the S is now fifty dollars off. Like, Jeez, what are you doing? Just buy one. Yeah, two hundred fifty dollars. You can jump into the next gen. Like, it's, it's time to hang up your right. Xbox One, your PS4. It's just, it's time. I'm sorry. Time. I agree. Uh, I agree. And, and they're easy. And the availability to find. is coming around, which yeah. has been a problem for a while. Like even like the Series X, like it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that difficult. And like they're like Xbox, like Microsoft's doing a pretty good job stocking those up. Um, and that was a while when you bought it, and apparently it's even better. So right, go for it, people. <laughs> um, so let's let's. So is let's, this still our intro? Is it still our intro? <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. We have a whole movie to review. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's move in. quickly through these things. I have a few things to recommend. Let's so do. It. I'm just Watch gonna. I'm just gonna baby. do some quick stuff. I think we can both say we both recommend in music the 1975 album, Being Funny in a Foreign Language. There's some other stuff I've been listening to, but I keep coming back to this album. I've listened to it a bunch of times. And if you're a fan of any kind of indie music at all, you're going to love it. You know, um, I was saying, I, I think this. Song. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So fun. I think this might be one of their more accessible albums, too, because, like, I think yeah. a lot of their albums have, like, a ton, a ton, a ton of tracks, and a lot of them you skip. I mean, I, I, I love 1975, like, a lot. They're one of my favorite bands, but I still skip a lot of songs. One, because some of them aren't songs. Some of them are, like, interludes. Yep. Some of them are, like, Talk. songs yep. like, talking. Some of them, like, this, like, there's like a song on the last album. I'm like, who like who wants this? If any, if you've been listening to any of the other 1975 songs, this is like so far left field. What in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, this album is so it's like 11 yep. songs long. I cut the fat out. Every song's really good. Yep. <laughs> so it's like I don't skip this is any their songs. album on a diet. Right. This is uh, <laughs> them showing a little bit more control. It's really good. It's I, I didn't hear a song I didn't like on this album, honestly. I, I liked them all. I was not skipping anything. This Same. is the 1975, like, boiled down with all the all the other garbage, like, boiled off. And just, like, if you like the 1975, this is it. I this agree. is who they are. This is their sound. I love how they're a band that, like, so many other songs are about, like, modern like being a young adult or being a teenager, like with the internet and stuff. It's just funny. It's not it's not the kind of music you hear a lot from even indie bands like them. Right. Some of the one of the endearing things I have about them. I love the first the first song. It's like 
if you're 17 and alive, I'm sorry. Oh like my that. God. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good observation. I feel sorry yeah. for you too. If you're 17 and alive. <laughs> that lyric did strike me as something very, yeah. very pessimistic, but very, very <laughs> something that kind of was like, oh, Tough no, that, time to that be hits. A that hits. Absolutely. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it, it is really excellent. Thank you, CJ. I just got uh, I just got money from him because uh, he's on uh, <laughs> he's a part of the uh, Nintendo Switch Online gang because I basically like we on the family plan for the uh, expansion pack. That's way too much money, but makes sense if you have eight people to share the family plan with. <laughs> I didn't know he haven't had a Switch. Yeah, man. His daughter plays. Yeah, he, he texted me. Cool. He was like, "You have family plan?" Well, he's like, "You want in?" I want in. Let's go. He loves them a good family plan. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. We Smart. may be doing that with Xbox Live here soon. Shoot, man. That's crazy. That's going to be a really good deal. A yeah. good deal getting even, even gooder. <laughs> yep. The goodest of deals. Uh-huh. What have you been watching slash playing, Luke? <laughs> um, Quite a bit, actually. It, it's, it's obviously been two weeks since we came together. So, uh there's a lot, so I'm just going to kind of skip quickly through some stuff, and then I have one big thing I, I want to spend some time talking about. Um, mm. We started a new show on Prime Video, which I believe is just a rebroadcasting of the BBC show. It's called The Outlaws. It's kind of a comedy drama show, um, very British, um, British with uh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> so what? A lot of British <laughs> actors, actors and then Christopher Walken. Um, and yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's unique, and that's kind of what I like about it. And it's 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 kind of light. I mean, it's it's got a heaviness to it, but it does it in a in a lighter way. And mm. it's like the epitome of a show that doesn't push any kind of agenda. It's just there to tell a story. And I am so refreshed when there's stories like that. I yeah. I just want a good script with some decent dialogue, and I just want the characters to be interesting enough. And that's what this show is. And my wife and I like a lot of British culture things, and this is a very British show <laughs> with all the British mannerisms, and it's it's happening. I can't remember. It's a it's a town like right outside of London, but like a suburb of London, which <laughs> I guess being in America, I feel like most of England is a suburb of London, but <laughs> it's probably very American of me. Right. <laughs> but it, it follows a, a cast of characters that consist of what like six or seven like main people who the at the beginning of the show they kind of all come together they're they're called the outlaws because it's all a, people that have been put together to do community service and you figure out through the episodes what their crime was what happened and you start finding out how their stories connect a little bit and then there's there's drama between them outside of their community service and then the community service is a time where they kind of come together and are able to talk. And I don't know. I, I don't want to give a lot away. I, I would recommend this show. We've watched most of season one, and I think this is season two out already. I don't know how current it is or when these came out. I'm, I'm seeing here October 25th, um, but I don't know. That's episode one, so I don't. You know, because it's like the BBC, I feel like this show has already happened in the BBC, and then there's some kind of release schedule for America through Amazon Prime. Yeah, I guess I don't even. That's a thing. I don't know, but 
but it seems something like that. Like Amazon got permission, you know, the distribution rights from the BBC, but none of that really matters. It's a good show. Watch it. I'm enjoying it. If you just want something drama, definitely more drama, but also has a little bit of comedy in there. Steven Merchant's in it. I don't know. He's not like the most well-known guy, but people have seen him in some comedies. He's really tall guy with glasses, kind of a nerdy looking guy. And I don't know why I always think he's funny. It's just like anything he does. He's just, he's just funny to me. Like the, his mannerisms, the way he talks. And of course, Christopher Walken is Christopher Walken. He's just a, a walking character, character, character of himself almost. Right. And it's just great. He's a walk and walk. He's got a lot of funny lines in there. And yeah, we're enjoying that show. So, uh, I watched Ambulance. It's been like hmm. a week and a half or something, and I'm torn on whether or not I've seen this movie before. It makes me feel so old when I say that. Bethany swore we, we've we seen that movie, um, but I swore I hadn't, and I still think I hadn't, but when she's saying it, it's like, yeah, that kind of rings a bell. But anyways, watched it. Yeah, enjoyed it. It's. I think you saw it back in the day. Um, I, I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen Ambulance. Yeah, it's 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 like someone just oh, what's a good what's a good metaphor for this? It's like someone gave a race car driver the fastest car in the world and just said, "Here's the keys. Do whatever you want. There's no cops." That's basically what they gave Michael Bay. They're like, "Michael Bay, here's all the money. There's no regulations." Film the most Michael Bay movie that you possibly can. He said, okay, we're going to buy 30 drones. <laughs> we're going to have <laughs> helicopter shots. We're going to ha- explode like a zillion vehicles. I mean, it's so Michael Bay. It's like the biggest overdose of Michael Bay. I'm watching. I'm like, oh, this was obviously directed. This is the yeah, first 10 seconds of watching funny. it. This is obviously directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole like... Every time you have a character like stop and look into the distance, someone's like, boom, let the camera all the way around them. And I thought <laughs> there's this one scene where uh, the main character, let me see what his name is. Um, Will comes in to talk to it's uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen. He was in, uh, oh gosh, the horror movie uh, with the bee dude. <laughs> I know that's ridiculous, but. The guy who has the bees, like, in his mouth or whatever. The the horror movie you really liked. I think Jordan Peele was a part of it, maybe. Of the bees? Oh, Candyman. Uh, Candyman, yeah, yeah. Candyman. He, he's, he is Candyman. Or, you know, I think that might be a spoiler. But he's the guy in the movie, the main character. Um, he plays yeah. Will, and Jake Gyllenhaal is his brother, Danny. Um, but Will comes into this garage... <laughs> And is talking to Danny, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. And the entire time they're talking, the camera is doing 360s around them. Yeah. It doesn't stop at any point <laughs> in the whole conversation. I'm like, are you kidding? I cannot concentrate on what they're talking about at all. It's just, ooh. So, I had a ham sandwich for lunch today. It wasn't that ridiculous, but it was like, there's this like drama where it'd usually be like this still shot. Where the person would show you know, like facial expressions, just constantly, and then like some <laughs> tense music behind it, dun 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 dun, 
It's like, no, that's not what this moment calls for, Michael Bay. Everything's not a moment before a shootout. Like, this is a conversation. <laughs> We're trying to build these characters. So, like, you know, being being that it's Michael Bay, the action is good. But, I don't know, even the action stuff, it just felt so set up for a movie. If you know well, what I mean. Kind of typical. Like, like, the the cop cars and stuff when they're chasing them, it's like, clearly like i can see the behind the scenes of that being made it's like this cop car's coming this way and all of a sudden he crashes and it's like that looks so fake like it doesn't look like how a real chase would happen and <laughs> jordan the chase is ridiculous oh, it lasts 75 percent of the movie they're driving in the ambulance like freaking mad max <laughs> they're driving for like six hours in that ambulance <laughs> I, I just I can't talk about this movie without making fun of it. It it's not the worst movie, but I I, I would say it's pretty bad. I, I would not give this a great review. And I love am I love ambulance. I was about to say ambulance movies, which you know everybody loves ambulance. Classic movies. ambulance movies. <laughs> it's own genre. Action movies. I, I I enjoy a good action movie. You know, it's it's probably my default genre of movie. But this just. This is an action movie that out-actioned itself. Mm. It's just like a Bay thing. Yeah. I really think the Bayness just just overwhelmed what what could have been an interesting movie. I, I, I like the premise when I saw it. It it felt it felt like heat, you know, it felt like was it there was, there was a little bit of Sicario maybe. Um was a den of thieves i saw a while yeah, back yeah that was that was a good that was a better version of what i wished this movie had been um not that den of thieves was great but you know it was <laughs> it was all right it was an all right action movie um but this is this was more on the mediocre i would say just yeah <laughs> it's man. weird to say but it's just there's too much action for an action movie it's just that's as simple as it was and and there were so many times it just dipped way out of what you could believe it was just the reality f- distortion field just was gone so anyways yeah not great eh. not recommend would not recommend um the lord of the rings rings of power came to an end you know that mm. that's been a, a little while since that happened and i really enjoyed it i see some hate online and i i don't get it i i guess as I've said before, I understand some people are big, big, big fans of the books, and and I probably should be for how much I'm a fan of the movies. Um, but I've not read them, and so I, I'm sorry for those people who feel like it didn't do the books justice. I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the twist. I didn't see it coming. I I didn't. There was quite a few twists there in the last finale. Have you watched it yet? No, I am like I've only watched the first three episodes. Um, I currently don't have access to Prime Video, so we gotta get um, you on our. Yeah, I gotta get on there because like the person who I was bartering Prime Video with no longer has it, so I was like, shoot, I haven't thought about you know finding way back in. So never gonna have it. So <laughs> all right, yeah, <laughs> we'll get you in there. Sweet, but yeah, you you definitely gotta finish it. I I just really enjoyed it. I I thought the last two episodes were awesome visually. Um, I like the script. I, I just, I really didn't have problems with it. I, I can understand people that did. I mean, I, sometimes I, I think 
criticism is just completely unwarranted in this case. I could see how it doesn't appeal to everyone, but it was just the fantasy that I wanted, and it really filled that niche for me. Right, I heard hate Locked. straight from the beginning, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, which is never fair. Absolutely never fair. Yeah, I mean, like, I've seen only the first three episodes, but what I've seen, it's like, this is primo. I don't know. I don't get what people I think are... you'll enjoy the, yeah. the rest of it. I I'm do. looking forward to watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for the next season. They, they definitely set up a lot of things, and I think it could, it'll have a lot of great drama in the next season. So, Sweet. can't wait. So, the last thing I want to talk about is, I don't even know if I got to talk about it, but I played the Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer beta, oh, awesome. and now the campaign has come out, and I've finished the whole campaign. Oh wow! Modern Warfare Two. Um, you got early access like a week, or maybe even more than a week That's before right. the. Uh, the whole game came out, and so I, I you know, had pre-downloaded it the day before. They they had this weird thing where at one o'clock the day before you got to download it, and then the next day at one o'clock you could start playing it. So, like three or four o'clock that day, I got home and immediately started playing. And next few nights I spent you know several hours playing, and it's about a ten hour, pretty much exactly a ten hour campaign. And yeah. I saw the IGN review, and I I don't get it. They gave it like a five i think Mm. or six i loved it i thought it was great i i would venture to say i think it was better than the modern warfare which is so weird there's so many modern warfare but the (laughs) 2019's modern warfare campaign which is this this is a sequel to um they have some really cool missions I, i think you will really enjoy it even though you're not the biggest shooter fan it mixes up the gameplay mission to mission enough to where, man, it is just, it is intriguing. It's just, it's awesome. There's, there's a level that you play about halfway through the game where it starts you off with nothing and you have to craft your way through the entire level, Hmm. which is completely different than what you had to do. You know, before, of course it was the normal shooter and all that. But something happens, the story takes a big twist, and all of a sudden you're like injured on the streets, and you find things and make things and figure out how to like craft weapons and defeat an enemy that's obviously far superior, you know, equipped than you. And it's awesome. It's so cool. It just, I, I think that's what shooters need to do they just need to find a new way to get the player intrigued and interested and keep their attention and that's what this campaign did mission to mission there you know and there was even some changes like the old modern warfare they had like this the ac-130 but they had another mission a lot like the old one with an ac-130 but they had like limitations there's friendlies down there you can't shoot them and you have to be controlled about your shots, and these are the areas you can fire in. And I, I don't know; it just felt more realistic. The graphics were ludicrous. That game, the cutscenes were insane. It looked like a freaking Final Fantasy movie. <laughs> just insane. Like the facial expressions. There's plenty of times where if you took a screenshot, somebody would not know that that wasn't from a movie. Mm. I, it really was that good. Uh, the whole first scene opens with you in this crevasse like in the desert with these rocks on the side and the textures it reminded me of that uh unreal engine 5 demo mm. 
And it's like playing the cutscene, and then it transitions to you're playing just like one of those tech demos that they have at E3. But you're actually playing. It's the, you know, it's the actual release of the campaign. And I was just like, this is what I've been waiting my entire life for. I've been teased. I don't know if you remember years and years ago, Doom had this one teaser at E3 that looked incredible. And in the in the teaser, he's like carrying his gun, and there's like a cutscene. And then it transitioned, and he's playing. And then you got the actual game, and it wasn't nearly yeah. that good looking. But this is that. It's exactly what we see in those E3 things, where you're like, oh, my God. Is it going to be that good? You know, like the Tekken demo that you were saying, like, looks right, so good. Right. I hope it is that good, and maybe it will be nowadays. Yeah, but I was just so awestruck to finally get a game where it was like that. There was one mission I remember... The Modern Warfare in 2019 looked really good. But there was one mission, I've told you about it before, I've probably talked about it before, called Clean House that looks so freaking good. You have your night vision, you're going through a house, and it just feels incredibly realistic. But I would say there's a lot of missions that are like that in this one. And, man, I've been looking forward to it for three years now since 2019, and it's here, and I'm so happy I'm I'm sad because I finished it now and I loved it and I have no more campaign to play. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but kind of my last thing to say on this is just how grateful I am that Activision did it this way, where they gave you early access to the campaign before Warzone Two was released, which I think is going to be released in early November, and before the multiplayer gets released. I remember years back it started to be a huge trend and they said something like 80, 90%, something like that of players don't even touch the campaign. They go yeah. straight to multiplayer and they never look back. And I can understand that. I can't blame people. It You, you just, you know how much you're going to love that replayability of that multiplayer. You have your friends online. Maybe you're not into playing co-op campaign. And I get that. But man, these guys work so freaking hard to put these campaigns together. And it's really a shame when they don't always hit, but there are a lot of good Modern Warfare, or there's a lot of good Call of Duty campaigns out there, especially the Modern Warfare. You know, the, the team that they've put together for that campaign just did a, a bang-up job on both of these games, and I sure hope people get to play it. I don't know what... I didn't get to read the whole IGN review. I don't know what they're talking about. I just... If that really is what they thought of the game from the campaign side, I just... I couldn't disagree with them more. I thought it was great. I don't know what else. I just don't know what else you want from a Modern Warfare campaign if that's not good enough for you. I don't know. It's a little unfair. I didn't read it. I'd like to actually read it just because this is a game I care about so much. So I would like to, to see another point of view, you know, that obviously disagrees with me. But, yeah, I just don't agree with it. And I loved it. And <laughs> I'm just so excited. I'm so happy it's out. and Can't wait for the multiplayer. You know, it just... It's it's really my my thing, and, and I know it's so many people's thing. It's the biggest game in the world, and I, I know, I know, but it's my taste in video games, and so I'm just so excited for this time when we have, you know, all this Modern Warfare Call of Duty stuff coming out. I've just, I've waited through the, the trudgeries of the, the World War II <laughs> abomination that was Vanguard, and... The not my cup of tea, Black Ops 2. Um, not that it was bad, right. it just 
just wasn't my thing. Um, I was about to bring that up that like, let it be said to, you know, call of duty fans who listen to this podcast that you do not view every game that comes out from call of duty with like rose colored glasses. So like if this campaign was like a real banger for you, it freaking hit. It's not like, I love it because it's call of duty. I love every call of duty campaign. No, it's not the case for you. It just, it really feels like it's the team that puts it together because I, I totally understand why people like Black Ops. I just don't like the way it's put together. I, I don't like the art style. I just don't like the storytelling as much. I find the Soap McTavish and the uh, Lieutenant um, Price and those characters are just iconic. They're, they're, this is a prequel for the original Modern Warfare series from 2004 five or six or something there was yeah. modern warfare one two and three and uh those all told a story coming up to a, a huge climax in three which i thought was a great trilogy of games and then this is now so far you know a, a, a two-part series leading up to the events of the first modern warfare yeah, I and know that. yeah i i love it i love how it, it, it tells the story and it's leading into what happens at the first game and yeah, I just can't cool. can't wait to see what they do next. I, I don't think they're going to continue this because I think they've kind of wrapped up just the way they ended this game. Um, I just don't I don't think there's enough room there left in the timeline mm. to to have anything else. Um, unless you wanted to jump to the end of Modern Warfare Three, I, I I don't know. It's kind of weird how the timeline is as it is at this point. So yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, but I'm just really happy really satisfied and i just i'm so glad they did this whole early access campaign it's it's to me it's the perfect thing i i get i get a week to play the campaign enjoy it not be distracted by the multiplayer and then the multiplayer comes out friday saturday i I don't know i'd have to look it up i think it's the 28th so three days from today so I, i think that's friday um yeah so it's great. I just I can't wait for that. And I I haven't gotten to. I, I see. I guess people got into like betas or alphas for, um, Warzone too. Oh um, really? I've seen like TikToks. You know, like creators, YouTube creators, and, and TikTok creators posting videos of updates and stuff. And it looks like times that they got to play. I don't know if it was just that one. There was like this one big weekend where they invited creators to, like LA, and they all played mm-hmm. on a bunch of bunch of PCs in a in a huge room. I don't know if it was just that, but apparently they've they've been making a lot of changes around Warzone and rules of engagement, just the way time to kill and just all these different things that they've been adjusting. Like apparently, like one huge thing is loadouts, and you've played enough of Call of Duty to probably know about loadout. You buy a box and it drops, and you then have you know your perks and your guns and your attachments and all that stuff. But apparently they had gotten rid of it in the original like Warzone Two beta, and now apparently they've brought it back. So. Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting to see where that game is by the time I get to play it. Fiddling. I, I would have loved to have been a part of an alpha or a beta for that. I'm, I'm always down to be a, a tester to help out development. But, uh, yeah. Awesome. I'm glad uh, it was a good turnout, man. Can't wait. That's, that's great news, at least for, the, for this campaign. Yep. That's awesome. I'm glad they're still making them. I, I share your, even though, you know, like it's obviously it's not my thing too, but like, it's like I, for them to stop would be a signal to the rest of the industry of, you know, first person shooters minus Halo. They're always going to be making campaigns, but 
to say that it's not necessary, it's not needed. And I feel like that deprives that genre of a lot of creativity and being able to move things forward in which you say that this game does move things forward and does new things. And that's great. I hope more people give it a chance and I hope that IGN article doesn't deter too many people for trying at least, you know? Yeah. Um, I, they are skipping next year is my understanding. Okay. There will not be a Call of Duty next year. They said they wanted to maybe move away from annualized. Yep. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> right. When you have that many studios, you know, it, it you, you don't need a lot of extra time because you already have kind of like a three, three year window for them to make their games. Apparently they, they've pulled a lot of other studios, uh, to modern to call of duty. So maybe they could like say, Hey, yeah, you yeah. guys can do other things now. You know, yeah. I don't know. like Tony Hawk, like that team was pulled. Yeah. to uh, that one of those teams. So, I don't know. Um, cool. Yeah, um, that's about it. I got a couple Marvel things to talk about, Disney plus Marvel. Um, I didn't get to mention this last week. I, I you know, She-Hulk ended. I do I do want to talk a little bit about She-Hulk. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed it oh, uh, quite a bit. Main, yeah. uh, I think, like, uh, I was really excited about this one because I... I don't know. I, I've always liked the character of She-Hulk. I, I just think she's a funny character. I think, I, I don't know, there's just something likable to me about it. So I've always been kind of like interested in She-Hulk. I'm not going to pretend like I'm this giant Jennifer Walters fan, but like she's she's awesome. I think I've always thought she was cool whenever she showed up in something. Um, and I think this series nailed uh, the vibe of that character. I think uh, uh, Tatiana Mo- mostly, I think I said that her name right, she does an awesome job at the tone of that character. I think it's pitch perfect. Uh, you know, when she's um, Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk, I mean, obviously in the comics, like she's always She-Hulk. She doesn't really switch back and forth like she does, but that's fine. I think it works just well here. Um, there's a few things that I, I have criticisms of the show. I feel like there are a few things that I'm just like, I like a lot of comedies. Um, they're, they're one, they're, they're certain bits and I'm just like nope not, not I don't I didn't think that was funny but I most yeah. of them worked for me and so I was able to go with it the finale I feel like is very divisive in um in kind of you know how people what yeah. people think about it um I in two parts uh, love it and hate it I am very mixed on the finale um I've first first time I saw it I was like that, that's hilarious I love it and then like I was just thinking about it more and I was like yeah it really doesn't serve the st- overarching story of the whole season very well yep. for them to like for what they do I don't want to spoil it here but like if if you're going to say like throw away one thing for like a joke and say like that's not good we shouldn't do that that's good but you got to replace it with something that like one makes sense and also doesn't throw away a lot of the things that was set up in the throughout the entire season. Um, so in one half, like hilarious, that's so funny and that's so smart, but also tell me a story here as well. Like tell me a story, do something that feels a little bit fulfilling. It, it's fine. Like Deadpool does things like this all the time where it's like, no, we're going to do something else. Like the end of Deadpool two was just outrageous, but kind of just worked. I don't know. Like, I I feel like it was so close to being just amazing, that finale. But 
it, it it slipped there at the end. I feel like if it was only if it was 45 minutes long instead of 30, they might have time to like tie up a lot of things that they kind of dropped at the end instead of like doing something else with them. They kind of just dropped them and being like, it's like yeah. "No, we're not gonna do, we're not doing any of that." It's like, "Well, yep. do something with them, do but do something better." Like that would be yep. that would be that would be interesting. And so that's my biggest criticism, honest, honestly, of the whole season is just part of that finale, and I think that's a pretty severe <laughs> problem. But um, overall, it's a big part. It's a big part. That's a big problem. Basically to the have. whole middle. <laughs> right, r- right. It, it's a big problem to have. Um, but all in all, I, it didn't deter me from my enjoyment of the series writ large because it was just kind of like a funny, uh, you know, lighthearted sitcom with, you know, plot threads here and there, yeah. the, it, you know. And so I'm interested to see her again. I hope they do another season or give her a movie or let her be in a movie. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it did pretty well from what I hear. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more of her um, in some shape or form. Um, the the other thing is uh, Werewolf by Night. Um, this is a Marvel Studios special or presents or it's like um, the Marvel Studios presents, right? That's what it, they are, they're labeling this. Yeah. Which uh, it should be said, this is I don't know if you've seen this trailer yet. It just dropped this afternoon. It's the same label that's going to be on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas yeah. special. Mm-hmm. Um, which this is cool. I like this whole awesome. like holiday thing. Oh yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Christmas looks great. Um, and so they're like doing this stuff where it's like here are these specials, and I I like the idea of that. Like it's not a full on movie, but it's not a show, or it's not like a short short thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I guess Werewolf by Night would be your first taste of what it means to be Marvel Studios presents or whatever. And so we have like this 50 minute kind of like story, which I guess for this, it is different than the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because we know those characters, which uh, Werewolf by Night introduces us into like this whole world of the MCU of monster hunters and this whole group that hunts monsters. And I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think. It's hard for me to say it isn't a little throwaway because it's a little too really light and breezy, you know, as far as like how quick you watch it, how quick you get through it and how quick it's over. It kind of feels a little slight because of that. And I feel like I wish by the time it was over, I kind of wished it was a movie. I was like, this would be better if it was like, you know, 30 minutes longer. I mean. Because it's like we're going and before we know it, we're at the finale and the finale was really cool. And the, the, when the werewolf shows up is awesome. Um, and I wanted to know more about this like monster hunter group. It was like, they did just enough to make me want a whole lot more. Um, but that being said, very cool. Love the style of how they kind of mimic old school, um, like thirties, forties horror movies. Um, yeah, very neat. I recommend it. It's just, it's really again really breezy to watch. Fifty minutes, and it flies by. It really does because there's just bam, bam, bam. So much happening. Um, it makes me wonder if like we're ever gonna see any of the, those characters again. Because like if 
if there were to be MCU characters that you would never see again, it would be these because they seem so consolidated into their own kind of group. <laughs> like, so I don't know if we're going to see man thing again or, you know, werewolf by night again. Um, but anyways, cool thing. I'm really glad they did that. It's something interesting, something unique. And Michael Giacchino's first uh, director job, which is cool. We've seen his tons of movies with him doing the composition. Yeah. So it's cool to see him do such an awesome job with this. Um, and other than that, not not too much, honestly. We've been kind of just watching a lot of dumb Halloween movies. Like, seriously. Like, just random crap. I did want to mention this because we, we watched the Shining movies. When I say the Shining movies, we watched the Shining and we watched Dr. Sleep. But in between, I I have this movie... I'm going to pull it out here. No, I'm not going to do it. But it's a movie that I got from uh, Carrie because he had this big bin of movies that he got from like this hoarder guy or whatever that passed. Uh, and one of them is a movie I heard about but was kind of interested in but never checked out. It's called Room 237. It's a documentary <laughs> involving The Shining, but I wasn't exactly sure what kind of documentary it was. So Amber and I kind of watched that. heard of that. Yeah, it's. I don't recommend it. I don't <laughs> recommend it. Uh, okay, so the thing about this movie is, like, I kind of expected more, like, Shining stuff, like, stuff about The Shining, about the movie, about, like, the lore, and, and stuff like that, and some, maybe some of the stuff that went into it, but no. This is a. It's very important to know what this movie is about if you ever plan on watching it, which I honestly, again, say don't. This is about <laughs> conspiracy theory surrounding the movie so people who are film nuts who see this movie and see other things in the movie it's about that and it's very very like here it is like it's just there's no like host or anything like that there's no per you don't hear the person who's interviewing these people you just hear them talking over like you know like clips and visuals they show of like the movie and like kind of illustrating and stuff like that it's mm -hmm. just these people expositing their theories and they are nuts <laughs> i will say nuts i don't think there's anything to them i think they're ridiculous so dumb most of them i'm just like these people are certifiable like seriously <laughs> people who see the shining and say no this movie is about the holocaust and other people who are like no this movie is about the colonization of america and how the indians were put upon and all that and this other person says, no no this is about how stanley kubrick faked the moon landing and i'm just like hearing these people and Amber and I are just groaning throughout the whole thing because each theory is more, there's this one guy. Oh my God. Who thinks like it's filled with subliminal messaging to try to like imbue sex to its young audiences. And they're like going frame by frame through this one scene. Okay. It's, it's the one where, um, Jack Torrance is going in for the job interview to be the caretaker of the the Overlook. And mm -hmm. the guy who's doing the interview, he stands up and he and he like walks towards him. You know those like filing things? They're not like a filing cabinet, but like the desk thing that has like usually like three three tiers or whatever. And he like turns and it's like right there at crotch level. And he's like, You see? You see what that is? 
that's some subliminal message. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you have a problem. Like it's <laughs> infuriating, honestly, watching it <laughs> infuriating. I was hoping to like get some insight about like little details because Stanley Kubrick is methodical when it comes to each shot setup. I thought I was going to hear actual yeah. details about the, the filmmaking. And there's, there's so much interesting things to know about how like basically uh Shelley Duvall was like borderline or actually like basically a, like tormented in this movie because of how many times they made her do these scenes over and over again. And it's like, it has like one of the records of like the most takes in a movie. And the guy who played like Dick Halloran, like over and over and over and over and over again, just like this crazy stuff. I would love to hear more about that. But instead I'm listening to these raving lunatics, <laughs> but anyways, it's a weird thing to make about the movie, right? A weird angle to take. Is a weird thing to make. I I have it. Does, does anyone want it? Let me know. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, no, uh, I'm not not a fan. Uh, but other than that, we've been watching just random movies here and there. There are a few movies I haven't seen before, like uh, older horror movies, like Return of the Living Dead. Ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculous. I can't believe I haven't seen this movie before. But at the same time, I kind of do understand why. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that movie, it's like it's not like part of the Night of the Living Dead series. It's like an offshoot. <laughs> it's like uh, ridiculous because like they don't follow zombie rules that are like way worse. It's way worse. Like in this one, like they're like the whole thing about this movie is like in the beginning of the movie, the the one person's like, "Have you ever seen the movie Night of the Living Dead?" <laughs> That's based on a true story, but they oh changed things and uh, they released these zombies and they're just unstoppable. It's the worst thing. It's like they're like, oh, it worked in the movies to like destroy the brain, destroy the zombie. No, yeah. it doesn't work. They'll be when did like this movie come out. When did the uh, sequel? 80, this was not, Return of the Living Dead 1985. Um. But horrible. But it's the most ridiculous movie because, like, it doesn't take itself seriously. There'll be, like, when things go horribly wrong, like, this punk rock song starts playing. It's it's ridiculous. Does and, and it have th- anything actually tying it back? Like, is there any directors or ac- actors returning from these? No. I, this doesn't count. Like, there, Romero... I have seen that movie. I actually have seen the original. The yeah. original, original. What Night started it all. Yeah. Yeah, Romero and I would do go like on. That. I don't yeah. really like those movies, but I did enjoy that. There's there's something art house about it that's enjoyable. Absolutely. And uh, he he would go on to do Dawn of the Dead, then like uh, yeah. Day of the Dead, then Land of the Dead, of but this is like this offshoot <laughs> that like it can reference that movie because that movie is public domain <laughs> at this point. But right. um but yeah, it, it's just outrageous and this what this this movie though it it will be said that this movie popularized that uh you know every now and then you'll see like zombies being parodied and they'll be like brains this is the movie that popularized that that zombies eat brains and say (laughs) brains (laughs) um outrageous and one quick shout out yeah um, one quick shout out of this movie. I don't recommend it, but I think it's fascinating. I wanted to bring it up real quick. We watched it on Peacock. Uh, it's Halloween three. So hmm. what's interesting about Halloween three is the only Halloween movie that has nothing to do with all the other Halloween movies. 
nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Don't and it's standalone. Yeah, because Halloween 1 and 2, uh, My- Michael Myers dies at the end of Halloween 2. And then they were like, okay, well, we're just going to make this an anthology series about all the crazy things that can happen in Halloween. And that started and ended with Halloween 3. <laughs> so Michael Myers wasn't in it? No. Michael Myers isn't what? in it, has nothing to do with Michael Myers. I didn't know that. The plot what? of the movie That's is crazy. nuts. Nuts. <laughs> I'm going to spoil it. I don't care. It has <laughs> Just to do... Just that Michael Myers isn't in it is nuts. <laughs> right. That It is nuts. They show... Uh, there's an episode where a guy's hanging out in a bar, and they show the TV. They're like, oh, airing tonight, Halloween. So Halloween is a movie <laughs> that exists in the world of Halloween <laughs> 3. Oh, boy. So... This guy. Can you imagine if they did that with other like franchises, like Terminator or something. <laughs> it would Matrix be hilarious. Or something. There's something well, hilarious about. They kind of well, did do that. With yeah, the yeah. I was about to say, arguably, <laughs> they kind of did that. With the freaking like comic in their universe <laughs> or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a video game that exists within the Matrix series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That, so here's the plot. I don't care. I don't freaking care. So for one, there's like these people in suits running around who like seem to have like really super strong. They're like super strong. They're like doing some shady stuff. And there's like this doctor that like someone gets murdered in the hospital. And this doctor takes it upon himself and teams up with the daughter of the dude who got murdered to solve the mystery. He's a doctor. <laughs> and this is just a part of the movie. To solve this mystery? No, this is this whole movie. This guy and this oh. girl will go to this town, and there's oh, this, a, it's like a, this corporate corporate run town with like all these Irish people, and him and this girl will try to solve mysteries. They'll go back to the hotel, screw, go around the town <laughs> trying to solve other mysteries, and like there's this guy who's distributing these masks to kids. And, like, he has this uh, company called Silver Shamrock, and he's like, hey, kids, here are these, these masks. And you'll see this commercial over and over and freaking over again throughout the whole movie where it's like, happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, or eight more days till Halloween, <laughs> Silver Shamrock, like, throughout the whole oh, movie. Boy. And, like, this guy, he's, like, basically trying to, like, kill these kids with this mask. Hear me out. <laughs> Through the power of a piece of the freaking... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, what's the um, what's the thing in Ireland? Those little mysterious, like, uh, uh, block b- things of stone that are there. And they're like, nobody knows how the they Blarney stones? There. Not the Blarney stones. <laughs> the... <laughs> Oh my gosh, the things that are like, you know, upright and there's like one on top or whatever. And, uh... Isn't that in Britain? Is it? Talking about Stonehenge? Stonehenge, yes. I don't think that's in Ireland. I don't know. But he takes a piece of Stonehenge. So there's like, they have like a piece of Stonehenge that they carve little dust out and put it in a microchip. And then it like... What well, in the world? I don't know. It's insane. I don't recommend I love how it. this is in a Halloween movie. Halloween 3, baby. Yeah, that's in England. England, okay. That's what makes it even weirder that they had that. Yeah, and it's weird how they take it because they explain it. They're like, they're like, yeah, we don't ask how we got our hands on this. And like, <laughs> no, I want to know. <laughs> 
why is it even a plot line that I have to ask? Right. I recommend like looking at clips of this movie, maybe on YouTube. Well, going through the whole movie is a bit much. It's it's not terrible, but it's just so dumb. It's so, <laughs> and it, it it's. I don't know. I, I almost kind of wish they continued. I kind of wish they just kept going with different like Halloween and drop the Michael Myers stuff. Like I might talk about Michael Myers next week because we did watch Halloween kills, which is like the sequel to the 2018 Halloween. And it's pretty dumb. But anyways, um, I kind of wish they went in this direction uh, where it's just like random stories. Maybe not this story, but random stories. Maybe not having to do with Stonehenge and robots and kilt masks that not killers in masks, but killer masks. <laughs> My God. Anywho, that, that we should be distracted. Now I'm reading on Stonehenge. What, oh, <laughs> does it have the power to to have masks kill children? That's actually the only power it has. Oh, OK. Well, that's kind the of more, you know, the more, you know. <laughs> We should review a movie. It, we yep. we it's like we we said we we're gonna just so rattle on with you. We, you know, so much silliness. silliness need to get but, to some serious stuff. Yeah, I mean, should I put like a time code in the in the freaking description? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, let's get to this really serious movie that everyone should take super seriously. Super serious. This is like you know, Dunkirk, Schindler's yep. List. Citizen Kane, step aside. Back away. Black Adam has arrived. All right, Luke. Tenth Adam has arrived. Tenth Adam. Tenth Adam? I don't know. Luke, what did you think of DC's Black Adam? Um, Mostly I didn't like it, honestly. It's just, it's another DC movie that I don't like. I just don't like their formula, and I think it's just, it's amazing to me how many different people come in and make movies in this DC universe, and they all kind of end up the same. Which I guess, you know, I have to give them credit for, you know, at least they're consistent in the same way Marvel's consistent with quality and, and good filmmaking. <laughs> Comedy mixed in with good action. DC is consistent with okay action at times that is good and comedy that falls short pretty much every time <laughs> and character development that absolutely doesn't exist. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we're gonna have, we're gonna have a fun time we're gonna we're, you're you guys are in for what did you gonna, think okay so i really enjoyed this movie i liked okay. it that being said i think we're pretty much gonna be in agreement the entire podcast because i don't think this is a good movie <laughs> that being all that being said I like it kind of despite itself in a way. Like I like I was face palming quite a bit in the movie. There's a lot of stupid crap <laughs> in this movie. There's a lot of dumb moments. There's a lot of cheesy moments. For sure. Um, but all in all though, I did enjoy the action. I enjoyed seeing some of these characters pop up and I thought the rock was fun. Was fun. But that being said, do I disagree with anything you just said? about the humor and about the characterizations of these characters. I don't. <laughs> and I cannot wait to talk about it. I am really looking forward <laughs> to talk about this freaking movie for sure. But that being said, again, I liked it because I, I was I was entertained through most of it. That first 20 minutes were awful, but I was entertained through most of it. Yeah. 
Definitely agree with that. First 20 minutes were like, oh no, I'm going to hate this movie. Set up. The huge setup. So bad. But once it gets going, I I had fun on like a really base superhero (laughs) level where I'm like, okay, I'm just having fun watching a buff man zipping around, (laughs) blowing crap up. There's some (laughs) things I enjoyed. Just like any superhero movie. There's some things I enjoyed, but there's a lot I did not enjoy and I... I just wish that they had scripted it different, and I think it could have been redeemed through Luke coming in as an outside party and saying, look, let's not do it this way. It's just not. Let's not ruin The Rock's big premiere as a superhero. Fifteen years in the making. Yeah. I just, I honestly, I feel bad for the man. He's worked really hard. He's done a lot of great movies. Some stinkers, but... He deserved a better superhero movie for a man who embodies a real-life superhero like no one else does. Right. It's almost like the world's been waiting for him to be one of these people. You know, be wear a cape at some point. And honestly, I think that's one of the things that's negative about it. I think this took way too long. I think it would have been better when he was a little bit more unknown and he wasn't the biggest name to ever walk Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like the man who makes all the millions, the hundreds of millions every year. Um, and for good reason. I mean, he plays a good role. He, he He's able to fit into a lot of boxes. and So he deserves all his success. But yeah, I think this just took way too long. He's just, you know, I mean, how many characters do people have him pinned on from, you know, Jumanji and... Stuff like uh, San Andreas, you know, all these one-off movies that he's done, even Fast and the Furious being in two of those movies. There's, there's just so many characters you see The Rock as, and I think it's a little weird to, to have all those in the books and then say, okay, The Rock is Black Adam. I, I don't right. Know. There's a little bit of negativity for me in that. I feel like, like you know, I have this thing with superhero movies to where there's a base level enjoyment for me with a lot of them, if they're able to pull off one emotion in me to where I'm able to look at the character and say, sweet, it's that character. Like if I'm able to be like, it's Ghost Rider or it's She-Hulk. You know what I mean? To have that feeling of cool, I'm seeing this character. This movie pulls that off. Mainly, the main reason, I think, is because I've been envisioning The Rock as this character for the last 15 years since they've freaking <laughs> been starting to talk about it. And so, like, I've had it in my head. And so by the time I finally get to see him flying around in the suit, I'm like, oh, cool, it's Black Adam. You know, because yeah. for half of his career, I've been envisioning him as this character. And so it kind of just works for me. Um, so I do get that base level of enjoyment and just watching him zip around. <laughs> yeah but yeah I understand that. It, it is a very strange situation where it's prolonged in, in a very strange way and this movie has a very strange place like most movies do in uh in the dc universe if you even want to call it that at this point yeah <laughs> and there's some things about this movie that i think make that even stranger and uh Trying to think of things to talk about um, uh, before we move on to spoilers. Who do you, Luke, recommend this movie for? Like, who is there like a crowd or audience that you think 
you would you would say you should see this. I think the more I hear people talk about superhero, the more I I find there's almost when it when it at least in if I'm subdividing the group of people who are fans of superhero movies, you know, people who this is the core audience that that these movies, whether it's Marvel or DC, are made for. You know, not the general audience. Take that out. Take the more quote unquote hardcore fans. I think they come in. A lot of times, two different colors. People who are fans of DC and people who are fans of Marvel. And and some people cross over. But I do think there are people who, it's one or the other. And I think people who enjoy DC characters are going to enjoy this. Um, if that makes sense. I mean, that, I may not have explained it correctly. But I've just, I've heard, I've heard people before be like, you know, I just, I'm not a big fan of the MCU. It's not my flavor. It's a little too you know, lighthearted, I guess would be the word for it. And I can see that you you want a little, little more edge to your superhero movies. You want a little less. He's a friend from work kind of stuff. And I get that, you know, <laughs> I, I don't agree with that, but I, I can, I can understand that point of view. And I think people who want that are going to enjoy this movie more. They, there's a little more edge. There's more killing, you know, I mean, it's a black Adam movie, so, you know, that's part of it. But even some of the superhero, some of the Superman movies and and Batman movies, you know, there's a lot more edge to them. So, I think if you saw a movie like The Batman and you were like, "Man, I wish this was just like this, but more bigger scale and more superhero-y instead of gritty," this is exactly what you're looking for. I think. I so, agree. Yeah, something like that. I think so. I think there's a large audience for this, honestly, and I think it's that's bearing out. It's doing relatively well. And yeah, if you just want to see like The Rock as a superhero, just laying the smack down on people and just being a you know badass, you, you'll get that here. I think that that move, this movie does deliver that. I think it really does, and it, it is like all in all, despite like the things that are wrong are wrong with it, it does have. You know, you know what I mean when there's movies that like you don't feel there's there's good movies that don't have a three act structure. I'm not saying to have a three act structure means like like you have to have it, but like there, there's ones that just bucket and you're like, we're in the climax. What is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Movies where you really mm-hmm. don't feel the three act structure. You feel that here, and it feels like a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> it has that yeah. feeling of yeah. being like, this is the beginning. I feel yeah. the midway point, and bringing yeah. us into the climax. There's it's even like changes of scenes that really push you into the next the next act. Right. It's very yeah. accessible in that way, to where I feel like general audiences, for the most part, will like it just fine. But if you're uh, have a little bit more discerning taste and want, uh, it'll have a little bit more higher standards. Yeah, you're gonna find a lot to <laughs> to be uh, wanting for in this. I know this isn't something we usually talk about, but I do have to say, I think this is very borderline on the PG-13. This is not something I would want my kids to go see. Well, this I can is see something that, I, yeah. I would want an older older kid like like i i would lean more towards an r rating just to keep kids out of this movie not that this movie's terrible but this movie has much more adult themes like yeah i don't know it's a little bit of a spoiler but later into the movie i think there's things that happen that i would not want children to watch i agree 
Yeah, I agree. This is for like teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, teenager. Yeah, cool. But if seven year old, this is definitely more mature. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of killing. Lots of killing. Um, for sure. Um, before we get into spoilers, um, I think it it should be known going into this. Like they're promoted a lot in the movie. There's a lot of commercials and previews with the uh, the Justice Society. Um, they're in this movie a lot. I, I think I think you should know that going in. Like they like it's yep. almost shared screen time. Like honestly, between all of them and Black Adam, it's almost yep. a shared film. After that first twenty five minutes. <laughs> right. Um so I was you know, like yeah, oh my god, don't <laughs> Oh God. Um I think you should know about that because me personally, I'm all for seeing the Justice Society, so I was not harmed by the fact that they were in the movie more than I thought they were going to be. But I could imagine if you were like jazzed. Oh my god, I'm here for the rock, I'm here for Black Adam. I don't really know about this man flying around with yeah. hawk wings. Then yeah. that might be a disappointment to you, knowing that they have so much of the time in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you should know yeah. that kind of going into it. <laughs> They're in yeah. it a lot. Yep. Definitely. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. I, I think, you know, if we're going to really break down a lot of the criticisms honestly i think i think we do need to kind of get into some spoiler stuff wouldn't you say i mean should we talk oh, about i'm fully first... ready to criticize uh first 20 minutes of the movie <laughs> are boring as can be like really like really boring and just like i'm just like checked out i'm checked out of the movie for the first like 20 minutes yeah. where we have this narration and then we have this kid and then we have this like i'm an adventurer or whatever and these people it, it just Oof. <laughs> it's to me it's the typical DC way of trying to set up someone's backstory and I just feel like they take kind of a shotgun approach where it's just like we're just going to show what happened and hope the audience likes it. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It was just like okay, so there was this guy, right? And it's 5000 years ago <laughs> and there's this king, okay? And He's really mean to his people. And then there's this kid and he's like, hey, watch out. I don't like this. Stop it. Oh my God. It really felt like that. It was like this monotone telling, okay, so this is the beginning of Black Adam. Now it's modern day. And there just didn't feel like there was any art to it. I mean, yeah, it had like a different, like a little more of a sepia tone to it. But <laughs> apart from that, I don't know. There just wasn't anything interesting about that scene. It just felt no. generic. It felt like I don't know, a high schooler made it as his like <laughs> he like wrote the script for it for his like high school cinematography project. Would you go as far as to say very, very boring that because how many times like certain things are kind of rehashed about the past in this movie that we could have gone without it? <laughs> Like, do you think it could have been cut out of the movie completely? I don't know. I think I still would have been upset. I just, I don't know why. I feel like I'm endeared and I'm, and I understand the characters so much better in these Marvel properties. Even She-Hulk that didn't, didn't spend a lot more time. I just, the way they did it, it just came off so much better. Just like I started to like She-Hulk and understand what motivated her and, 
you know, if you count up the minutes, Black Adam had almost the same amount of time. Like, you know, I, like we've talked about, like She-Hulk felt like a cut up movie. And I don't, I know it's like two completely different things, but just because they both came out, you know, recently, I'm kind of comparing like the way they developed their their characters. And this this reminded me a lot of the beginning of was it uh, Superman versus Batman, where they tried to like tell the backstory to Batman just out of nowhere in the first and like, this quick minutes, little movie, yeah. like thing, like right, yeah. So it's, so his parents died and he inherited all the money, and then here he is. <laughs> And it just washes over you, you know, right? Yeah. You're just like you're watching the movie, and it just kind of it's washes like, over you. What? So you're just—it feels like in that case, it feels like well, you've already heard this story, so we don't need to go into it. It's like what lazy film writing, right? And in this case, it just felt like they were like, we can't be bothered with spending a lot of time with this. So here's his backstory. Let's just get to the rock in tight clothes. Right. Like, we can't make it, it good. Like. We can't make this good. So, we're just going to shut, like, rapid just fire. Do just do it. There's the kingdom, and they're binding magic stones, and there's a mean old king, but there's a bunch of demons, and he wants to talk to the demons. So, there's a crown, and then there's a champion. And here we are. I, I, I don't know. It, it was just yeah. like. And we won't really explain it. It's just Shazam, here he is. <laughs> right which I, I, I will say like my wife amber she was she was uh stunned like you know uh this isn't something they're promoting in this movie the kind of shazam kind of connection in it like they it's it, if you know you know obviously and also the suit if is you no know, you know if you know you know and obviously the suit and the powers are pretty much the same but like you know the whole thing of him saying shazam and the wizards you, you got Damon Hansu in this movie yep. and like Amber like turned to me like when Damon Hansu was in this she was like oh my god she didn't she wasn't aware of the Shazam connection and it, it is here and it's it's interesting it's like it's almost like they're ignoring Shazam but they're t hardcore not you know what I mean it's it's a strange thing I mean I'm glad they didn't yep. drop all that because that that that's the character he is, he does have those powers and that is how that character works in the same way that Billy Batson works but yep. it, it's it's interesting how they were like we don't want to confuse people in our trailers basically <laughs> they'll see it in the movie yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> right it's not great not great way to begin yeah, and this whole thing with the the they're being occupied by basically this like corporation and a corporation of like mercenaries basically. It's who knows? Is, who knows? I mean, this is bad. <laughs> it's just it's just like, oh yeah, these people are here. Right. I hate no, these kind are. of scenes too. I've always hated these scenes. Even in good movies, I just kind of ignore these scenes where there's people trying to get through a checkpoint. I'm so sick of this scene. <laughs> and so I, I hate to bring it up now, but it's part of this awful first 20 the minutes. checkpoint trope. <laughs> the freaking checkpoint trope. And here comes this kid. And can I talk about that, the kid? Yeah, I do want to talk about the kid. And I'll be honest, that's actually one of my positives. What? I actually kind of oh, like the kid. You don't like the kid. I don't like the kid. So, and the reason I like the kid, and I can see how he's annoying, and I wouldn't disagree with that, but it feels like a return to like the '90s and like the the annoying it kids is. that we it we is. became endeared to, like Blank Check and well, <laughs> those kind of movies. A little bit Home Alone, and, and I just I kind of liked that that the kid 
was not like such a side thing that you barely even noticed him. He was actually a little bit more in the story. And I don't know. I, I really liked his skateboarding thing just because I don't know. I, I skateboarded enough in my younger years to have, you know, an attachment to skateboarding. And I, I thought it was fun to have him doing that instead of just walking or something simple. It was just like, I don't know. It felt more fun. Yeah. He, he, this is, uh, I have this comparative for, for like a kid in the movies like this who do things. Um, it's the kid from Power Rangers, the movie. Like they, they felt like there's this kid who's not in the series there. He's not in the show. And they, they decided they were like, okay, we're going to give, this is going to be like of the friend of the Power Rangers. His name's Justin. And he's just yep. in the movie. It, the, in Power Rangers, it's way worse. Don't don't get me wrong. It's way worse in Power Rangers, the movie, where there's this kid who's kind of like just caught up in it. And he's just like, this is obviously supposed to be the the kid that the kids watching the movie, who is that kid's yeah. age, can latch on to. Yeah. This kid isn't that bad. But I, I did not like the... They were trying to do like the Terminator 2 kind of thing, where it's like, oh, you got to yeah. have a cool catchphrase, you know, like that that sort of deal. Yeah. Um. And uh, I I do the skateboarding was cool, but there was one scene I laughed inappropriately in the movie. It wasn't a joke. There's a scene later on where like they're they're trying to find the crown and and they're they're there they're trying to get him, and he's like trying to sneak by on his skateboard. He's like low on the ground, like scooting by on the skateboard, and he's just <laughs> like the bad guy's like, there you are. <laughs> I like laughed hardcore. It was like, <laughs> it's just such a dumb moment where like the kid was like, yeah. this will be sweet. This will be real slick. Me like rolling by all low on the ground. Oh, on yeah. my skateboard. I remember. What you're He's like, about. yeah, you right there. There's the kid. <laughs> yeah. The kid. I'm not blaming the actor. The actor was actually fine. Like the kid actor was completely fine. But, um, and then we have like our, this team that we're introduced to in the beginning of the movie. I, I, unfortunately sad, sad to report. I am sad to say, do not know any of these characters names. (laughs) So I'm going to have to say the mom and the brother and Jafar because he's Jafar in Aladdin. Adriana is the mom. The kid's name is Amon. Amon, Adriana. Who's the brother? Kareem. Karim. Whatever. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand what they're doing here. I, I, I'm not. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, by the time the movie's over, I'm not exactly positive why they're out there in the middle of nowhere yeah. looking for this crown. Yep. Yep. Man, this is DC. I keep telling you, it's DC, man. <laughs> They're just it's true of so many of these <laughs> DC movies. You just sit there and are like, "I'm enjoying the action," you know. And that probably varies from person to person how much you enjoy action scenes. But I think most people are sitting there going, "I don't know what's happening right now." <laughs> I, I'm, and, and that's why I think it varies how much people either don't like it or, in your case, are more like. Yeah, it's all right, because it's like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm enjoying the action at a varying level from seat to seat throughout right. the theater. 
Let's just say this is the first twenty minutes again. This is the part of the movie I, think I the whole actively story is a dislike. Mess. It is, but it gets a little from, bit more from beginning to end. It's a it's a complete mess. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> know the why they're there. I think it's a mess. Um, I know like Jafar, he's like wanting to. You kind of kind of tell he's shifty at the very beginning. You obviously can tell immediately. It's not really much of a surprise that he's a bad guy because he's like, oh, he. N- needed to Ishmael? get some fresh air. Ishmael, yeah. Okay, Ishmael. I was wondering who Jafar was. <laughs> like, yeah, he's thinking of Aladdin, Jordan. Yeah, I know he was in Aladdin <laughs> as Jafar, so he's like my character. I, I oh, was he? Him. Okay. Yeah, in the live action Aladdin, he was Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> Both movies end end with him turning into a big red monster. So, <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! Maybe that's the role he's destined to play. Who knows? <laughs> Um, but anywho, I mean, for me that, yeah, this is when the rock shows up. It's entertaining. It, it just is immediately for me entertaining when he's just showing up, killing everyone. <laughs> it's definitely enjoyable to see any superhero that has this much power. It's the same reason why I think a lot of people, Superman's their favorite hero because of that. You just, you don't get to see the ultimate, ultimate strength, ultimate power, you know, invincibility, just floating through battles with right very little care for what's happening it's really yeah. cool there's and an I, enjoyability to, to just that alone. right and i think yeah this opening scene is is an awesome introduction it's just awesome and it's just like fifth it's like 10 minutes of him just like destroying everything and, and like yeah the musical choice i'm not too crazy about i mean <laughs> i it, it I could not help but think of Twisted Metal Black. I mean, I always think yeah. of Twisted Metal Black when yep. I hear the song. But the fact that it was slow motion destruction a made me of think of the intro. sounded like a Twisted Metal Black battle. So right. I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. I, I like... It's almost like they did the Quicksilver thing, but in a little bit of yeah. a different way. Yeah. It wasn't like... Yeah. How he's like setting up this wave of destruction with like the helicopter blades and like I'm, this car is gonna fall over here and he's like you're seeing it in slow motion but like but it's not even like a pre-planned thing it's just like right it's just, right it's just him kind of going like stop get out of here <laughs> it's his wake basically it's like <laughs> the wake of destruction as these people are trying yeah. in vain to blow him up and it's fun. It's just like what's the most efficient way to kill everyone. That's basically right. what he's doing. Absolutely. Whereas Quicksilver's like, okay, I'm going to save him. I'm going to save him. I'm going to set up this so he doesn't die. And completely right. different. But agreed. <laughs> just two different attitudes, basically. Yeah. Um. Do how how do you think the hmm? So you say this movie isn't very um appropriate for children. I agree. Um. How, the, the demon stuff him. alone, I think. You know, in the beginning of the movie and at the end, it's just. I think right. it's way too much. Like kids need parts. to understand what they're looking at to to see something like that. Right? Do you? How, do they, do they really? I think like gloss over how many people are murdered. By, yeah. Yeah. By, like, he kills like a hundred yeah. people in this uh, opening yeah. battle. And I mean, yeah, <laughs> this kind of skips to the end, but it's like, why would you? How would you allow him to be free? <laughs> like how how could you allow him to be free? You you can't. Like he has to pay for what he's done. 
Yeah, he is mur- murdered. <laughs> but us as the audience... It doesn't matter what he does at the end of the movie. He, he absolutely has to be accountable for what he did. It's, it's a thing where it's like us as an audience have to believe that the people he murdered we don't we like we don't like them very much like that's how we're like eh, it's fine like the people morbius kills at the beginning of morbius <laughs> they have to yeah, like have and- a scene of them being a jerk before they get slaughtered yeah yeah I- i've heard it on other podcasts it's like anytime there's like this just ridiculous amount of killing and it's like well, those people are just hired guns. Like, right. Why, why does that make them like the ultimate evil and they just, just deserve to be slaughtered needlessly? And, and this movie does that in spades. Oh, yeah. It's shorthand <laughs> for the audience of they had it coming, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you spit on someone. Time to die. <laughs> Which no. for me... I don't care as much if it wasn't if it was a character who's supposed to be more heroic. I pro I have a lot of issues with it, but this is a character who's was probably started off as a villain as far as their incarnation and has become more of an anti-hero who they make clear time and time again and they make jokes about it how little he cares about killing people who are his enemy. I think one of the reasons it's more like on my mind too is because of how Marvel has addressed that because of the repercussions of the Avengers, you know, there was the Accords and so many other repercussions in the civil war. And there's just a lot of things where they have to pay and they have to be accountable. And there's these boards set up and there's these laws set up because of what happened. It's like the Avengers, the events of the Avengers in New York opened the eyes of all the lawmakers. And it's like, we know you guys are trying to help, but at the same time, there's a lot of collateral damage that's happening. So you have to have some handcuffs put on you. And so for right. them, it almost feels like we're going back in time with Black Adam where it's like, nope, doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. Destroy everything. Kill right. a bunch of people in the wake. Yeah, like even in like the first Iron Man movie, he killed a lot of people, but obviously not nearly to the magnitude of like Black Adam and Marvel softened a lot on that sort of thing. Again, putting more restrictions on what their heroes can and can't do. Well, I think it's it's cool because like I don't mind the killing as much. I just like how Marvel like used it as a story thing and like it develops and it's like it it brings more things to talk about and make the story more complicated more deep and there's just more sides to it you're not having this like 2d thing where black adam is a little more i mean is like two and a half d you know there's in other words two-dimensional you know white black good bad whereas black adam's more like two and a half where black adam sits somewhere in the middle but so much apart from him was a little white and black good and bad you know there's right there's the king who sits up on the throne and then there's all the people who are good and they're trying to uprise against the bad um and and marvel's more like 5d chess where you know there's all these gray areas and all these people that are somewhere in between and there's just there's a lot of muddy waters to navigate and i think that's a testament to marvel and their storytelling where they get to a point in which you have someone like she hawk who is definitely a hero but at the same time she has her own motivations and you know, there's just, I'm not going to go on and on cause that's not what we're here to talk about, but there's just cool things like that, that I, I wish DC could go into, but right. They, this movie is a testament to where they're so far from that. They're, they're, they're in Marvel movies from 2004, like, you know, the Hulk or something. It's like, okay guys, like filmmaking should have evolved by now. And just right. 
feels like a little bit of a artifact from a foregone age of filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, the, the conversation's here, but it, as you said, two-dimensional. It very much, I hate using this word because uh, I think car, uh, cartoonish, because, you know, cartoons can be all sorts of, let's say Saturday morning cartoonish to where it's like the, the, the discussion. Childish. Right, of you're here, uh, we're heroes. You know, heroes don't kill people. You know, like that sort of level yeah. of discussion where it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that that's what the crux of. Jeez. Yeah, they tried to make it complicated, but at the same time, it's like it really is pretty simple. Yeah, they're just saying the same thing over and over again. Yep. Really, I mean, it, it, when and Black Adam just has to make a decision. That's basically all it is. Just this is what we think you should be doing. Either do it or don't. You know, and you're going to pay the consequences. And there's right. not a lot of gray area there. Um, I think like so like after he goes on his killing spree, I mean like that's when the the JSA like comes in to this and we have absolutely the smallest introduction to possible. It's kind of funny. I it's mean, like, check these guys out. <laughs> I really laughed at Adam smashers because it's like Harry Winkler shows up on his phone and is like, I, you, you, I inherited the suit from you. I won't let you down. Uncle. You know, like it's the shortest of shorthand. I laughed yeah, and, a little bit and I haven't seen, what that comes from. So I was like, oh, cool. That much must be an old sure. character. And I think most people would be like, who is that? Right. <laughs> I would say, and, and oh my God, I don't even remember the, the other girl. She's Louise. Cyclone. Thank you. My God. Yep. So they're both le- like, I don't know. Those two are the most like throwaway of the J- JSA in this movie. Like, uh, I think, um, Adam Smasher has a lot that you're supposed to laugh at, which there's, there's a few laughs, but as a character, pretty throwaway. Um, yeah. You're, I think you're meant to pay the most attention to Hawkman and Dr. Fate in this, which yeah. one of my un, like unfiltered compliments to this movie is Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Probably not probably absolutely the best acting performance in this movie. Right, he's good. He's really good. From, from I, I don't think it's arguable, but the best actor in this movie. Right. And really I like good. I like Dr. Fate as a character. I was happy to see him here and visualize the way yep. he is with an actor like Pierce Brosnan playing him. It was a treat for me to kind of see that. And I think he's done and handled pretty well. Of course, his powers yep. are vague as freaking ever, yeah. but... <laughs> I don't know why it just it sat better with me the way they handled the Doctor Fate Pierce Brosnan thing. Hawkman, I came away very disappointed with the way they did it, but I did feel like it could have been something good. I felt like Aldous Hodge was good in the role, but just right not scripted well, not introduced well, not just not handled well was all. I, I don't think it was so much what he did with the character, but just how, what he was given, I think was very lacking. And yeah. <laughs> right. And also like great. as a hero as well, like you don't really know what he's capable of like at all, really like, you know, he's super strong and he can fly yeah. and he has like magical question mark. 
technological question mark weaponry i mean he's like is he the version of hawkman that's like from another planet or is he like a tech guy who knows so you don't really know what he's capable of going into this fight and you just kind of know he's the rich leader man of this team who's going to be the one lecturing doing like all the lecturing throughout all this um but I mean, like, geez, it starts up pretty quick. I mean, we get that fight and then like we get the scenes of him like at the house recovering sort of with uh, the human characters. And then he's fight, and then, all, then bam, he's fighting the JSA. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just, I don't know. Just disappointing. I, I was disappointed in a lot of this. Just it's, fell short for me. For you yeah, know, just it like like I said, it didn't it didn't set it up well, and and the action was fine. I I, I don't know. I like that with um, Black Adam. I think they did a really good job of making him sufficiently badass and indestructible, but also when faced with other heroes and then later villains, like kind of being able to see some of his limits. I think, I mean, we're supposed to believe that he's like the most powerful, yeah. you know, and so like to see him, to see him kind of every now and then get like, get hit or, you know, up against the ropes at certain points of the movie. I think they yeah. do a good job at like kind of making you feel that he's not like, there's no, there's zero stakes in this movie. I feel like it does make you feel like a fight is happening, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, yeah, it comes off a little bit that that he's overconfident, and that's the reason he's able to get hit because he feels as if he cannot get hit. So, right, right. Yeah. Um, that's what'll happen when your only experience in your entire life of being this ultimate hero is this like ten minute sequence where you wipe everyone out, and then all of a sudden the wizards come and encase encase you for five thousand years, and then all of a sudden you come back. So for him, it was probably the blink of an eye, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm back. Well, I'm going to go right back to going crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they they do this thing that does annoy me with, like, whenever there's, like, a, a, a hero fighting another sort of hero, where they're, like, Hawkman starts talking in a way where I'm like, why would you say these these things? Why would you talk like this? Like to tell him to like kneel? Are you kidding me? And to like be like you're like these inflammatory things. Like are you what idiot are you? Like why would you talk like that? He ends up thankfully later on being a lot more reasonable and like talking with him and listening to him and all that yep. stuff later down the road. But this this whole he came in overconfident movie, as well. Yeah, right. Felt he, like that super prideful and just like gosh insufferable almost where it's like are you freaking kidding me <laughs> it's just like for someone so powerful to not even like how's i mean as powerful as like black adam is for hawkman to just like talk to him the way he does it seems so dumb like you have no ability to like deflate the situation a little bit <laughs> basically your only role in this part right it's it's weird because like we have this like as they're fighting and like the main conflict 
through like the the middle of this movie sort of being the J- JSA versus Black Adam we have like this crown in the background until like Jafar shows up again to claim it and then that kind of takes <laughs> over as the threat right <laughs> Jafar I'm yeah. sorry I I apologize I've seen Ishmael. that movie way more than this movie <laughs> at this point uh, <laughs> yeah I mean like we have Dr. Fate just kind of Every now and like he showed up and it was like, oh my god, you have the crown of Savak or whatever, and it's like this ticking clock. We're like, that's gonna be a big deal, but right now, yeah, takes a backseat for a while. Yeah, we don't know it's the villain yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't feel the stakes throughout this whole part. It just felt a little bit like. This whole justice society thing where they're trying to like fight him, it just it felt like it filled this whole section of the middle of the movie. And I was just like, you know, let's just get into more of the winding up stuff, like let's figure out this crown. It just it felt like such a distraction. It felt like they they should have came in with a better plan. Like he says, like a bad plan's better than no plan. Like, well, <laughs> there's no reason you couldn't have a good plan if you just sit down and think about it. Like why do you just you don't spend any time planning? You just say, okay, here we go. Let's just do this. It's like, well, why? Right. Why do you have to do that? You can do anything, and you just choose to do something stupid. Like he's way more powerful than us. Let's just go for it. What? <laughs> why? Yeah. Horrible teamwork. That's not what the Avengers do. They actually plan out what they're going to do, and they actually come up with some awesome stuff, and it leads into some great scenes. And you know, that was one thing actually that I'm reminded of now that I say that it it felt like the whole thing where the Justice Society came down. It felt like somebody watched Infinity War and watched Endgame and said, "That's awesome. We should do that in our movie." And then they tried to do that, and for me at least, it felt very short. It's like. You haven't endeared us to these characters over a bunch of movies like Marvel did. I have no reason to be super excited about these people. Sure, somebody may come in and they've read 20 years of comics of Hawkman and Dr. Fate. and They're going to be super excited to see him fight side by side. But I doubt there's many of those people out there. And I, I think it would have, I don't know, been better to try to set them up in a little bit smaller of a role and not try to sell them off as there's huge people that you should be super excited to see them. And, and all of a sudden, uh, I don't know. It was just a feeling I got. It was just kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, super don't DC, make it right? this Avengers, Avengers moment when it's not that it's, it's, it's throwaway characters that you're obviously going to use and throw away and then move on to the next movie. And right. if it's going to be that, then use them in that way. We basically it's, it's almost like you feel you get the feeling that you're never going to see these characters again, right? You get like yeah. that feeling, and like so you feel like this is it, and it's kind of like this extraordinarily lackluster introduction to the, to them. Yeah. To where I it's mean, like, maybe we will, but yeah, we're knows? not going to see them much if we do. Right, right. Like, how much are could we possibly see the Justice Society? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of strange, like how we have. This this continuity is so weird. <laughs> so weird. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about what is possible to possibly to come probably towards the end of this. But, like, it's so strange. Like, you have Amanda Waller who's showing up and basically giving orders to these people. 
and you're like, huh. It's like you wouldn't know that Amanda Waller would give such an order to anyone who's not, hmm. Like, it's kind of almost like repositions her as like. The head of everything. Right. As like a Nick Fury, which she wasn't a Nick Fury in any of the other movies. She was like this shady kind of character that would like have like leverage control against the bad other... guys <laughs> right we i have leverage against these villains so i have the yeah. ability to control them not like people who don't have bombs in their heads basically <laughs> yep yep um, she was the suicide squad queen basically right. before now we get like, this yeah <laughs> we get this weird thing after they do this like chase after that funny skateboard scene i was talking about how they like chase and try to find the kid or whatever after he gets abducted along with the crowd and there's like that causes kind of like a ceasefire between the JSA and Black Adam. Um, <laughs> there's like the, the reason why Black Adam decides to say Shazam and depower himself. Is they, they don't really touch upon this. Like they, they had that scene where like um, Jafar is going to kill the kid and he stops him, but he causes an explosion <laughs> because he gets mad. I, hmm. So, I is, so, okay. So the thing is, is like, they did this thing where like the, the woman was like, oh my God, why are you after Black Adam? He's done nothing but help us. He's like, oh, you don't know the full legend. He almost like destroyed this city or whatever. And like, right, they do a right. flashback and he just like goes, and there's a big explosion. Yeah. Um, and you don't really, it's not really explained. And then that happens again when he's about to kill the kid, he stops the bullet and, um, right. the kid gets a boo-boo or gets his bell rung or whatever. <laughs> um, and there's like, Oh, what did they do? And he's like, it was me. And I'm like, okay, so what's the deal with that? There is like, he has an anger issue and every now and then he can't control his powers. Yeah. It is a little confusing. I'll agree with, right. with you there. And later on during the yeah. battle, like Black uh, uh, um, Black Adam's like about to lose it again, and uh, Hawkman's like, "Control it, yeah. <laughs> whatever." Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of this weird it's like extra there's a thing. Nuclear, nuclear button that he has to not press. Right. Yeah. It, it's almost like it was thrown in there just so there would be a situation where he would be taken out of the movie for a bit and uh, depower himself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like you were saying, it kind of it kind of gives them excuse to be like, I can't control this, so I need to set it aside. Right. I'm not I'm not worthy, kind of thing. Right, and uh, this led to a very surprising moment to me when they actually drop um, drop Black Adam to you know wherever they're going. Oh my God, with the uh, Amanda Waller's company yeah. or whatever. I was the ocean floor, the ocean flow. <laughs> I was very surprised to see uh Harcourt or whatever. Like cause she was in uh, a little bit of the suicide squad and she's a central character in peacemaker. <laughs> I was very surprised to see her here. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, again, it's never watched peacemaker, but yeah, right. So, yeah. She's a central character in that show. Um, and, James Gunn, who we might discuss a little bit, James Gunn's wife. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that was that was crazy for me. I was very surprised to see her show up and bring Black Adam into custody here. <laughs> yeah. I like it. 
I mean, you know, for all the complaints I have, I do, I do like that some of the universes are starting to come together a little bit. I think they're, it could make for some good movies in the long run. I just, I think so many of these movies could just use that character development that, you know, endearing to these characters and, and as much problem as they have, at least they have introduced black Adam at this point. And at least that means that they have some kind of foundation to base the next thing that black Adam shows up in. And then, you know, I'm sure some team up movie to come with other heroes or anti-heroes or whatever. (laughs) Right. Right. So, Yeah. So in you know in that way you know tying into the Suicide Squad and yeah like you said we'll talk about a little bit of that later so Jeez it'll be interesting Louise. the new the new leadership of the DC where they set what kind of course they set for these movies and right. how different it is from the course that was set before so it's like almost like what do people like what's working what actors yeah. aren't losing their minds and uh... yeah <laughs> and that that's definitely a conversation that needs to be had so I'm glad that that you know, might be something that's had now. I mean, we'll see, you know, might not, but right. I think there's a better chance now with, with new leadership. Exactly. In which bin do we put Ezra Miller and uh, Amber Heard? And, like stuff like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the loony bin. The loony bin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this bit of action here at the end, it's, it's the... The punch up here at the end, right? Where the big yeah. monster shows up. <laughs> yeah. The, it's weird to me how like this it's almost like it's so similar to Shazam in in like it's it's so strange to me. I don't really understand because these demons are like, You'll be our champion. Is that the same thing that happened in Shazam? Seems like it. Well, they're like, you're our champion or whatever they have. The wizards yeah. have theirs. You'll be ours. So it's like the exact yeah. same thing. Except obviously he's like a devil man. It never seems to work. Oh, it doesn't work, <laughs> does it? <laughs> Thank God. I'm glad yeah, it doesn't good. work. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I think like that's why, honestly, he gets a little bit of lenience here. I mean, he stops a a, a world ending threat here at the end. Where, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, sky turns red, DC Universe, that means there's a crisis, a world-ending crisis, and so he stopped. I think in any universe, that. if the sky turns red, that's pretty much means a crisis. But I know what you mean. But I'd be upset. If I walked outside and the sky was red, I'd say, yep, crisis. I mean, I would think parademons uh, from, like, <laughs> Justice League are going to come out. I mean, personally. I'd be looking for Constantine and getting behind him. Help, you figure help, it out, help, my help, friend. Help, 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 get over here. You know, just because of how much I do like his performance and his characterization here, I am upset to see Dr. Fate go here. I'm not saying yeah. I'm, like, sad yeah. and sniffling in the theaters. I'm like, ah, he was a good one. I'm kind of too bad. Too bad yeah. we, we're not I like seeing... his power. Get, like, right. the mirror universe kind of powers. Definitely, I think maybe borrowing some stuff from Doctor Strange and the yeah. visualization of Doctor Strange's Doctor Fate's power here, but yeah, but, I mean, different enough. Absolutely, I, I like the helmet alien technology idea. It's cool, right? Um, but the I, helmet's a really cool prop. It is. I, I like it that. Looks great. It's, a, it's a unique thing. 
not that they, you know, made that up for this movie, but it's just a, it's a cool character. Right. They, they, I, there was like, uh, I remember in the Constantine, speaking of Constantine, there was the, there was the Constantine show where it was the last time I've seen that helmet. It like showed up as like a cameo or like a character like picks it up and he's like, put that down before it puts you down or whatever. And it was like, oh, it's the <laughs> Dr. Fate helmet. Um, I mean, the one thing I do hate about this, I hate a lot of scenes like this. I, again, the kid doing more than he should, doing that yeah. freaking symbol in the town of these people we don't really know. Like, yeah, let's get him. <laughs> Spider-Man 1, you yeah. mess with New York, you mess with all of us. <laughs> they got to throw it in. Filmmakers these- can't resist. And, like, I didn't even know that was happening until it happened where, like, demons came out or, like, the undead or whatever. I didn't even know that was a thing we were going to face until they're like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is happening. It seems so pointless, honestly. It's like, oh, skeletons you just hit with an umbrella and they knock over. Is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> is it, like, Savak, like, a big enough threat to where we don't need these again, like, yeah, paperweight uh, skeleton yeah. monsters. Yeah. They're not necessary. <laughs> I was so scared Silly. in the theater. I was like, I had like a pit in my stomach almost at the point where, um, black Adam and like Hawkman are fighting or whatever. And like, uh, Savak tells black Adam, he's like, you're no hero. He's like, maybe not, but he is. And then a pole goes through him. I was like, Oh my God. If that's the kid, <laughs> I swear oh my gosh. on everything. That would be ridiculous. Because <laughs> I thought I thought I remembered like him swinging around. Couldn't turn around and with his like breath vaporize that child. Oh. <laughs> just a little like he'd be dead. <laughs> but thank God that wasn't the case. It was fine. Just gave. I got you. Gotcha. <laughs> I would have hated that. That would probably would have left a sour taste in my mouth for the. What would have made it worse, Jordan, is if he'd had a catchphrase that he said at that oh moment. Oh my god! The atomic eye roll. I don't know what Stick I a done. fork in you. You're done. Oh my god! And he kills him. That's it. He dies from it. <laughs> Black Adam high fives him. You did it. You're Black Adam now. I'm passing the power nice. on to you. Chase Shazam when I do. Shazam, because oh you're even God. more worthy for that I kill. would be stomping out of the theater. <laughs> that was the ending we got. <laughs> I got him with a pitchfork. <laughs> but no, you that know, doesn't happen. He gets split wouldn't have been that surprised if that had happened. But... Oh, God. No, Black Adam just... <laughs> Yeah, and just yeah. rips them yeah. in half. Yep, the old ripped in twain. It's good stuff. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, did love the post credit scene. Yeah, post credit that. scene. That's great. That's freaking great. So freaking happy that they did not find a new Superman. They stuck with their guns. Put our boy back in. Very right. happy to see that. Very exciting. Um, 
we're changing up his look a little bit. I mean, I don't know if this is what we're going for moving forward, but he's looking a little bit more traditional. He's got the hair swoop. I'm always completely fine to see Superman looking like Superman. That's that's yep. fine with me. <laughs> I mean, it's only right, you know. Right. You want to introduce new characters, introduce new characters, but don't change existing characters just because. Needlessly, yeah. Some stupidness. Right. I am. Uh, I do have questions. On I I hope that like Superman isn't like on Amanda Waller's leash or whatever. It's kind of weird because she's like I can call in favors from people who aren't from this world or whatever, and uh, he's just like there. Which he of course he's Superman. He can just be there. He can be wherever he wants. Um, yeah, but I mean he is like, you know, he's the defender of the world. So someone like yeah. Black Adam is a major threat to the American way. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he's Earth's greatest champion. And so, yeah, he would be, he would need to have a conversation with Black Adam, like, for sure. Like, look, you saved the world, you did, but what's up? Like, what are you, what are we doing here? You know, like, yeah. he would need to have a conversation. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we will hopefully get to see that conversation play out at some point. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what does that battle even look like? I mean, that's, like, insane. Right. If they actually do that, which I assume, knowing DC, they will definitely cash in on that at some point. Yeah, um, I just hope but, that they come up with a good reason for it. Like, I really do. And it's not just one person comes and puffs up, like, Superman comes and uncharacteristically puffs up his chest and starts saying things that are... <laughs> inflammatory just so they can fight it's like just don't do it's that it's a very please. hard battle to justify it really is it really is i mean very like some, difficult something would need to happen that would make black adam do something out way out of bounds that superman would have to step in i mean it's right you, up there with batman versus superman oh it's, it's very hard to justify and you know they struggled with that and i, right. I think they'll struggle to script this but and that's what I'm talking It'll about. The, the bat dies tonight. To bury it. I'm like, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Why would he say that? Why did you say that name? <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I'm hoping for good things. I really am. I want, before we get just, you know, another movie where bat Superman's fighting another person who's a quote-unquote hero, anti-hero, whatever at this point. I want another Superman movie where we get to have a chance to endear ourselves again to that character in his own movie. That's what I want. Yeah. I agree. We'll see. We'll see okay. What Come what may. Come what may. It's been a bit of a long podcast, but I think we have to talk a little bit about some of this news. Like, I mean, he is back as Superman. It is not just a thing. He, uh, like, he is back. He came out and was like i'm this is just the beginning this is just a taste of what's to come there are things in the works that he is he's working with marvel with wb again he's things are rolling so yeah that's exciting fresh I'm, off the heels of all this uh guardians of the galaxy three you know filming that he's done and script writing because I, I don't think it's been that long since that movie you know wrapped obviously it comes out in the spring Right. Oh, he's a busy man. Yeah, in case you, you didn't know about this, James Gunn will be co, a co-CEO of DC 
in uh with uh you know the film the film side of things um let's see who who's he he's he, who's he co-ceoing with i don't know that name i've gotten away from the article <laughs> yeah i've gotten away from the article for show i'll bring it up later but yeah he's going to be co-ceos and so that mm-hmm. that's crazy i mean peter saffron peter saffron okay yeah i, I don't know him, of but... new dc studios Ooh. So what what what's what it's been said as is that Gunn will be in control of the creative side while Saffron in control of the business side. And they'll be working together with those. This two is things. a newly formed division within Warner Brothers Discovery. Right. So Yeah. Since the whole Warner Brothers Discovery merger, you know, I think there's been a lot of changing around. I mean, we know <laughs> The whole Batgirl thing and that whole conversation with how many projects are being canceled. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot happening at DC. I think this this is going to take years for this to all settle in. I think this is a this is a positive thing, I think, for the most part. I don't know Saffron very well, but um, I think James Gunn has proved that he can do superhero movies on a on a good level. You know, the Suicide Squad, I I thought was was good. but yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I just I, I don't want to I don't want to sit here and act like I, I think James Gunn's this perfect movie maker and everything he touches is gold. I, I, I don't think that. But I do. I do think that he he can get a lot right. So, right. I think for me, I, what's <laughs> important, he shows a, that he has a care for our characters and he yeah. takes it personally. And uh, yeah. I, I that's something that I appreciate regardless of, yeah, any other foibles I might have. With anything he's done in, in other movies, but yeah, I, I I think I agree with you. This is a positive thing, and I'm hopeful for the future, which is his future. Because again, yeah, you're right. It's gonna take a while for us to see this because there's a lot of remnants that we have to go through before yeah. we even like see the fruits of this. Yeah, and you know, and just to kind of tag onto what you were saying, I, I hope that character development that really i think endeared people to films like guardians of the galaxy and the sequels comes through in future dc films because i think that for me is one of the biggest lacking things in these movies is characters that you come to enjoy and endear yourself you want to cheer for um you know that was as i've kind of said was a big thing in black adam that i didn't like as much I i just didn't feel any connection to really any of the characters and uh, so I, I hope that's something that James Gunn and his, you know, co-CEO Peter Saffron can can maybe bring to future projects. Yeah. It's interesting this whole just like newly formed studios that's going to replace what used to be called DC Films. It's it's interesting you don't see something like this happen very often with such a large corporation with so many you know IPs underneath of them. Yeah, right. It's that's... quite a transition. Absolutely, it's big. I think it's huge news, and um, yeah, again, huge news that we won't see <laughs> the produ- the product of for a while. But yeah, because we have Aquaman two, we got Flash, what the Batman two. You know, we got a lot of things yeah. that are coming down the line yeah. that you know were set in motion a long time before. I'm sure this was talked about, and so I think that's. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. And, and st- like, like we said, like 
the Joker two, Batman. Oh, right, right. The, the, these are things that uh, that were really good. I you know I had mixed feelings about the Joker, but but on paper it's a it's an incredible movie. Um, but the Batman was <laughs> it's like one of my favorite movies from last year. So, or was that yes this year? <laughs> was, I can't even remember. Was that uh, this year? Oh my God. I think it might. I might think that was this year. It was yeah. this year. Oh my God, I think that was this That's this crazy. past spring. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So <laughs> been a long year. <laughs> yeah. There, there there are some things that I think they have done really well, and it, it's it's fun to see if they can build off that and attract similar talent, and maybe make some more of these one-off movies, or or even you know, you know, I thought Joker was going to be a one-off movie, and now they're getting this strange Here comes Lady sequel. Gaga. <laughs> strange musical sequel that it's I don't I don't understand how the two movies are connected but whatever we'll no. see how that goes <laughs> right but yeah there, there are some stuff in the DC universe because I'm I'm always so negative so I do want to just kind of say you know there's there's some stuff to definitely look forward to here I think generally you've you've had and you know me I've had my fair share too of criticism towards uh the DCEU which is the biggest mess that needs the uh, the cleaning up right and yeah. even like in this movie there's like all these pieces of things that we've seen here and there in the DCEU before like Amanda Waller and Superman and Harcourt where it's like where do these pieces fit anymore? Are they the same ones? Are they the same ones that we knew? Are they going to like soft reboot this thing? And then there's questions on what counts and what doesn't count. And, you know, where are these characters now? And, you know, it's it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how they tidy this up because they're not doing a clean sweep where they're saying Henry Cavill's gone, Amanda Waller's gone. They're not doing that. They're doing a more difficult job, which I think might be a good thing with to be able to keep Henry Cavill and say, we're kind of starting over. You know what I mean? We're kind of yeah. doing a new thing. And, yeah. you know, we're not going to have to worry about the repercussions of Zack Snyder's justice league. And you know what, what those flashes mean and all that stuff. We're doing, going in a new direction. Interested to see it. Yeah. I agree. Well, that's a podcast. I say we've made we've up. Said for the missing. words. Yeah, we've said all those <laughs> words. We've made up for missing last week. I think with a super juicy podcast filled <laughs> with the juice. We got the juice. We've watched and seen a lot of things, and uh, hopefully, you guys have followed along and seen <laughs> a lot too. Hopefully, whenever we say we watch something, you stop and pause the podcast, go watch that thing, and come back. So I expect all of you guys have seen Halloween three. <laughs> <laughs> two things people should watch that we didn't spend much time on are the quantum mania trailer gosh go we watch talk that. About that at all oh my gosh and the holiday the guardians of the galaxy holiday special which we mentioned a little bit but very go excited watch about trailer. both those things absolutely yeah. they both look excellent yeah absolutely i love the you had mentioned it before but i love the angle the holiday specials taking yeah it's great yeah there's a animated uh, part of the uh, there's a animated series of Guardians of the Galaxy that kind of takes cues from uh, the first movie. There's an episode very similar to that. There's like a Christmas episode where it's all about like pure quills kind of feel sad and the team kind of wants to give him a Christmas. It's very similar in uh, obviously not in the things that are going to happen here, but in premise. Awesome. Yeah. 
All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see you.